1: This is a message for anyone with high LDL-C or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook.
2: Or the 90s. I did not have sexual
1: relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers.
2: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Wow, what a fantastic return you, you made last week after being gone for a glorious on vacation. vacation. Yeah. Well, if, if our fan base reaction is any indication, Connor, I just want to go through a few of the items. Uh, oh, my. So positive uh, fan mail to, oh, to, oh my. to Royal. Don't ever try to do that show alone again. <laughs> uh, this one from Mississippi. <laughs> You know, what the hell were you thinking? I Trying to do the show. Just unnamed wrong. anonymous Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, here's one listener. from St. Louis. Here's St. one Louis, from St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, Royal, are you a mental patient or are you just thinking of checking
3: yourself in? Wow. Never again. These folks, they all, have, they kind of, they, I would say they They speak in your voice in a bit. Uh, they. they Actually, no, they were all in your handwriting. Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, so. I don't, I've been found out. I don't want to be suspicious. Anyway, it's great to have you back. Fabulous show last week. And we got a great show this week we got uh, a couple of big questions first should we abolish capital punishment for dogs (laughs) so we're advancing the story yeah because we've been talking capital punishment and we've been talking about animal rights and now we're combining them it's a combo topic should we get rid of capital punishment for dogs topic two when is it a crime to do nothing And if you want to know why the topic is here, what inspired it, it's all about Donald Trump's culpability on January 6th is actually an interesting legal issue. When may you do nothing at all and totally get away with it, even though. A normal, commonsensical person with a little compassion would have done X, Y, or Z. So we're going to get into those big topics. We're going to get into uh, our guest, the Verdict feature. Uh, every week, uh, we have Connor listen to some real-life facts uh, of a case, and he guesses the outcome. And to give you a little tease, Connor, at the end of the show, the guest, the Verdict topic will be the case of the man who was addicted to milk. Okay? So that's, uh, that's coming up at the end Okay, of the podcast. Before we get to uh, our human interest items, uh, no miniskirts in the Alabama gas chamber, mail in ballot fraud has been recognized by Jimmy Carter as a major problem, and uh, the Alex Jones InfoWars controversy. Before we get to those human interest topics, a new feature, Connor. A new feature? Yeah, we've had a bunch of great features. Oh my gosh. We've had stories I'd tell my friends if I had any, yeah. we've had the trivia challenge. Well, here is. Uh, a, a true or false, did this really happen okay. in history? Are okay. you ready for this? Here's oh, the question In 1993, an Air Force two star general gave a speech to 250 maintenance workers at an air base in Holland. This is now,
3: extremely specific. I, yeah, I, I, I'm struggling I, to imagine that you invented this scenario, but so, go ahead. See, I, when they say maintenance workers,
2: I don't know if this is like a janitor's convention. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or people that tightened the lug nuts on the, the jets. Both the important jobs. Yeah, of course. But anyway, so this uh, hypothetical possibly uh, formerly existing uh, Air Force two-star general gives the speech, and he says about the newly elected president, Bill Clinton... 1993 he is a draft dodging pot smoking womanizing and gay loving president oh and this general was fired okay yeah now this is the story i've just told you and you have to decide did it really happen or not did uh, an air force two-star general lose his job because is this going to be a trick question where
3: he's like oh you're like oh it was a three-star general not a trick not a trick question okay I think this, yeah, I think this happened. I, How did you do it? How I, did I you
2: guess I think the I know, right answer? My
3: name is Harold Campbell. I'm psychic, is the answer. Uh, well, the problem is you're too good at telling the story. It's impossible that that yeah. story was was uh, was it, fake. It should have made it a little, uh, little a little blander, vaguer, this, yeah, like no. they do on on NPR on the weekends on their on their quiz show. They get yeah. super wait, vague wait. with it. Yeah. Wait, wait, don't exactly. tell me.
2: So Harold Campbell, I had totally forgotten this incident, uh, even though I was an actual adult at the time in 1993 when this guy lost his job. How stupid, though. Can you be? Did he think that the maintenance workers were going to keep, it, keep under it under their wraps, hats?
3: Yeah. yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, 1992 might have kind of been on the verge of. Uh, mass media a little bit there there might well, Connor, actually we had mass media in 1992 although to yes. your point
2: i guess the internet the internet was, was just being around. born yeah. right around 93 or 94 exactly so
3: like maybe I this guess. gets picked up and but spread still telegraph
2: on... telephone tell a woman oh i mean oh oh that was if, sexist if the if the
3: uh if the uh the, there are a bunch of reporters there that's one thing right uh, then, obviously, he should know if the gray lady is present, he can't be saying this stuff, that it's going to get back to his boss. But maybe before 92, maybe before 82 or whatever, there was kind of a, well, nobody's taking a transcript of my speech. Yeah. I could say whatever I want. Nobody, there's no such thing as a camera phone. If, but even in 92, there weren't, right? The, what is it about 92 that made the difference? I don't know. Maybe people just yeah. had uh, handheld recorders more. If there
2: was I, a reporter in the audience, he could have said, now, when you say he's gay loving, do you mean he just really likes gay? Fan. sure. Yeah. Or is it like a sexual orientation thing? Yeah, it could go know. either way. See, All that's right. the
3: hard hitting questions we need from our, our gray lady reporters. So you've hit
2: the ground running on our new feature, true or false? Did this happen in history? Next, Got him. next week, maybe I'll make it a little. Uh, yeah, amp up the difficulty. A little tougher. A little bit. Yeah, okay. So on the human interest front, no miniskirts in the Alabama gas chamber. Right? I don't Lord. know if you heard about this, yes. John Connor. Yes. So there's a journalist, uh, a lady uh, who is there to observe the execution. Uh, that's, of course, traditional, uh, at least in America. I don't know what other countries do. And so she's there with a bunch of other reporters. She has uh, is wearing a skirt that is one and one half inches above the knee. Okay? Scandalous. Yeah. And the, uh, the folks who work at the prison uh, take a look at her and say, you know what, um, this is not going to happen. Uh, this is really inappropriate. Uh, I mean, I know, you ever see Basic Instinct with Sharon Stone? Yes. I don't remember the cops complaining about the length of Sharon Stone's skirt in that Basic Instinct scene. It's and true. by the way, why was it she was on an elevated platform and all the guys interrogating her were like three feet below? You what know, sense does that make? You know, I, from a cinematic from point a of set view, design. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we're still talking about we it, are. but really, Absolutely. why no, is there did, any it. police station in the world that puts the perp up on a platform? On a yeah, you
3: don't want to put the perp on a pedestal. Well, Definitely.
2: these guys wanted to put her on a pedestal and they did yeah anyway um not only that connor they said to this woman after she got some rain pants from the trunk of another reporter's car now she's wearing rain pants yeah then they looked at her and said i'm sorry ma'am we have another rule no open toed shoes oh my
3: god and she
2: was not wearing you know vans or or keds or or anything like that or or uh, nice lace ups. She was wearing open-toed shoes. I mean, what, the Bart, the warden, used to be the bouncer at Studio Four in Manhattan. I guess. What were they trying to do? I mean, this is. Was the... there a velvet rope there at the execution chamber? The... Yeah. Oh no,
3: your name's not on the list. Yeah, I'm sorry. We can... Oh, you introduced me to Mr. Lincoln. Well, then come right in. We can kill people, but you can't wear casual clothes while we yeah. do it. Very, it, it. It's this. Very strange. It, it's it's. I think it's a, a teeny tiny little bit uh, of an expression. Of this big picture... Screw you, lady reporter. No, this big picture... Well, yeah, sure. But this big picture, like, attitude that American conservative, and that includes any and all forms of law enforcement, is conservative because their job is to preserve the status quo. Uh, Their notion of kind of this Christian... Uh, uh, what do you mean jobs to preserve the status
2: quo? If the murder rate is seventeen per one hundred thousand, is their job to make sure we're not going above or below that, doggone it? We're going to maintain the murder. That their is job is to solve crime. No, that
3: is a fascinating question, and I think you actually nailed it. Put nail like that, that, that. We could do an entire podcast on is it the cops' job to maintain or to lower the the murder rate in, ex, in any American city? That is a brilliant topic, and we need to put a pin in it because I love it. Is that a good I podcast topic? Absolutely Absolutely. absolutely argue this to the death that their job- That's up
2: there with, is Connor going to fly to Pluto (laughs) without uh, special propulsion
3: assistance next week? I would argue that their job is- uh, and it's a strong, I think a strong argument that their job is to maintain the exact same murder rate. And nice. it is not actually to to lower that murder rate or the rate of any property crime or traffic violations or whatever else. Now, whether you want to argue whether they try, individuals are in the system trying to stop all murder is good for them. Sure. Yeah. But overall, the system is not built uh, and designed to improve anything. The system is built and designed to maintain mostly like the property rights of the ultra wealthy. But that's a separate, like I said, separate possibility. The Thin Blue Line. That's
2: their job. (laughs) Protect... Property Mr. rights, Bezos. Oh, billionaires. Yeah, exactly. We don't want his so, net worth to go down.
3: In my view, this is less <laughs> about that and more about the religious aspect. I mean, this is Alabama, right? Alabama Department of yes. Corrections. It is not. Uh, this is not at San Francisco. Uh, this is a place. Yeah, they where... ain't executing anybody in San Francisco. True. I'll guarantee you that. The, this is uh, the, the fact that the, their their executions have a a dress code for women, and I'll guarantee you that there's a different dress code for women. There's is there is for men. Um, and we have different beauty standards and formal dress codes for, for men and women overall, but especially in places like Alabama and in places and times like executions. Um, that is an expression of this notion of the fact that we uh, 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 enforce crime in this way through the sta- the, the, our version of state-sponsored violence in the form of, of capital uh, uh, government-sponsored murder. It, but we maintain the moral high ground with all of these little things that we throw in there: the process, uh, the last meal. Uh, the spectators have to not look, you know, too scandalous in a sexual way. Uh, we maintain the sort of. Well, so you wouldn't of want to go in, in there process. in a bikini, right? I wouldn't want you gotta guy, have rules. I wouldn't want the guy to be getting the chair. Is what I'm. Is my point. Is that the, 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 fundam- the fundamental underlying problem here is the state-sanctioned span- no. murder thing, and what makes it just the twist the knife is the extra puritanical. We get to kill, but you know the rules apply to thee, but not to me. Uh, the, the, the the we are the the the. Arbiters of morality, but we're getting it wrong. That is what's so painful for somebody like me. But you got to have rules. I mean,
2: what if you have a jury trial and the lady shows up and says, you know, I just don't think it's right. Yeah, the, the Burt here gets to go down to Zuma Beach yeah. around uh, topless. And, yeah. you know, that's not anything I want to see, but it right. should be legal. Right. But I can't do it. So yeah. I'm going to be topless in this jury trial. Yeah, no, judge, what do you say about that? You no think rules. that think the judge should uh, let her out. do that? Whip them out, gal. Well, but that's going to distract everybody from the important evidence in the trial, don't and, you think?
3: Yeah, and I think a good lawyer could take advantage <laughs> of that.
2: <laughs> I guess. Okay, um, <laughs> next topic on the human interest front. Mail-in ballot fraud is... It's a, a risk. It's a danger. It's been recognized, Connor, by, by Jimmy Carter. Jimmy? Jimmy Carter. Is he 120 now? Uh, well, no, he's in his 90s, I think. Dang, So Jimmy. Jimmy Carter and James Baker, you know, the big Republican who helped, uh, sure. helped Bush, have jointly released a report concluding mail-in and absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud, adding that vote-buying schemes are far more difficult to detect when citizens vote by mail. Oh, oh, wait a minute. This was in 2005. Mm. So that's what they believed then. Right. But now when all the Democrats want to make it super easy, they, they want to let you have a, a barca lounger at home with a little remote control device where you can vote from the comfort of your barca lounger and everybody should get a mail in ballot for everything. He's changed his mind, sure. you know, so it's different. Yeah, but back I, I, then yeah, he I,
3: recognized it was a source of fraud. I kind of I really like that people update their their priors and, and change their opinions as time go, go on. I mean, I-, I Flexibility was well, overrated. Yeah, of. I'm not a yogi over here. I can't uh, put my entire uh, head behind, well, no, don't worry about it, uh, the way some of these uh, political commentators can. Right. <laughs> um, but I will say that- if you're jimmy carter and it's 2005 and who knows why he you know came up with this as an important thing it may have been an issue then but we do a lot I, of research on, I think on it's an evergreen is voter issue. fraud happening mm-hmm. and the ways that it is happening and there are significant issues with people for example moving out of state and still voting their ballot at in their old locations that's a that's an issue that that has to be you know looked at and addressed but is it a systematic issue? Is there somebody out there committing voter fraud on a large scale? Harvesting ballots, uh, changing votes after people submit them, or is it individual people who are not eligible to vote for whatever reason, uh, or not registered to vote, or accidentally voting twice because they, you know, ma- vote a mail-in ballot and vote in in person, and they don't, it doesn't get marked or registered somehow? Are these individual issues that can be solved through enforcing those existing laws, or is there some grand conspiracy that's stolen? election from Donald J. Trump. No, obviously not. There's nothing to indicate that. And the vast majority of voter fraud is individual one-off cases of Republicans voting their dead wives. That is almost universally voter fraud you know, in America. Where did you read this? It's all conservative <laughs> men voting for their yeah. dead wives. You know, I, I'm thinking, is, I'm thinking that mean, might,
2: might be a little exaggeration.
3: Let's me let, let me, get let's get out the tally, because every single case what? I see in the news is let, that. Let me clarify. When I raise this this issue, I'm not
2: saying, oh, my God, Donald Trump won. Donald Trump lost. It was course, settled in the course, courts. Biden course. won. But this yeah. is about the future. Yeah. And Democrats have figured out that if you make it super easy to vote, their percentage goes up. Right, because so more people vote. And so they're not really concerned <laughs> with fraud. In fairness, the GOP just wants to make it a little harder. But I think we right. should find some unbiased experts to make recommendations about avoiding fraud. And then we maybe end up concluding with a young Jimmy Carter but and a need... younger James Baker. But... I don't know why he isn't Jimmy Baker. And he's James Carter. Well, oh, wait a minute. James, James Earl Carter assassinated. Um, oh. uh, he,
3: yeah, you got to distance yourself. He the assassin
2: from that. of um, blank, and is it Martin Luther King?
3: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll clarify. Fortunately, that. I we'll hope Wikipedia his name that. is lost, lost yeah. to history, uh, but not his CIA handler. But but his name. It, the. The, James Earl Ray. Oh, thank you very much. A good clarification there. Yeah, the the I think the choice of Jimmy is, is what makes the the down home peanut farmer Jimmy Carter the most relatable of all American presidents, and, and therefore the best. And I, I like him. I love pretty him relatable for that. Hey, when we come back, Alex Jones and the
2: Infowars controversy. Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers.
1: This is a message for anyone with high LDL-C or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is c o r a l r e e f s t u d i e s dot com. This
2: is too many lawyers. I'm Roy Lopes. Yeah, I'm Connor Upps. So, Connor, the Alex Jones Infowars. This is just the most bizarre controversy. I can't even imagine how how it arose. This tragic shooting of the elementary school children in Sandy Hook years ago. Yeah. And this guy Alex Jones, presumably in order to make a splash, to get people to talk about it, to help his radio ratings, makes up this horrific lie about how, oh, you know, kids weren't really killed. It's just a, a big lie to try to take our guns away from us. Right? How in the world did this guy think this would not end really badly? To defame the parents of deceased children. And tell all these lies. And so now the, the parents sue him and he fights and he fights. And for some reason, I guess he defaulted. He didn't show up. And therefore, the judge said, well, I'm, I'm entering, you know, plaintiffs win. You lose because you didn't show up and fight. And so now they're in the second part of that where the judge has to decide, well, how much money do you, Jones, right. have the to damages pay? phase
3: of the trial. Yeah. So, I mean, can you explain what the heck's going on here? Oh, no. I mean, you can't explain the sociopathy that goes into uh, the, the kind of per- becoming the kind of person who Alex Jones uh, became, where he uh, decided to take advantage of the worst instincts and failings and weaknesses of a, an audience uh, and exploit them um, for the, the rage that he could create in them and the distrust uh, and hatreds that he could exploit and uh, foment in his audience. There's, there's no explaining that. You, you can only say this guy is a demagogue, a guy who has profited off of uh, tragedy and death and, and, and added fuel to the fire of the senselessness of an event like Sandy Hook shooting. There's, there's no redemption. There's no explanation. There's no peer behind the curtain or, or into the mind of somebody like that. But you can say that this right wing, ultra right wing, further than right wing even media machine. Uh, that he built, uh, InfoWars, became a, I mean, the go-to for leftists to laugh at, but for a horrifying number of people to to actually watch and listen to. And when he says something, coins phrases like crisis actors, I don't know if he actually coined that phrase, but he popularized it, his use of that accusation that these people are not really, uh, you know, sad about dead children, that... And it's unclear here because he's a conspiracy theorist. There's no proving one way or another. He doesn't want to prove. He doesn't want to substantiate. He doesn't want his allegations even to be most straightforward enough to counter. So he won't be able to tell you what he's arguing. But he's arguing some form of uh, the parents are crisis actors and uh, the kids never existed. Or the kids are alive somewhere and they're only lying about the kids dying. Or worst, I guess is the kids are dead, they were alive and are dead, but the parents were in on it somehow. I, unfathomable yeah, totally evil insane. to invent and fabricate yeah. this. And if any of those things is true, obviously then the parents would be bad. And therefore, uh, his defamation claim, he, by saying this, he has defamed them. And all they have to do is prove those obvious truths right. that none of that is true. And boom, now we're here in the defamation, uh, damages rather, in the damages phase. Uh, and the judge is deciding just how much money this is. So, the be. one question is why is uh, the
2: bankruptcy that he filed, why? Did that not stop a lawsuit? Because normally, if you get sued and it's going along, and you're you know a year into the, a two-year lawsuit, if you file a bankruptcy uh, action. Then you get to go into the civil court where you were sued and say, hey, judge, put this lawsuit on the shelf. It has to be stayed. It has to be stopped because we have to resolve the issue of my bankruptcy. And so if I've got a thousand dollars and I've got 10 creditors that each should get one hundred dollars, you know, the bankruptcy judge figures out who gets the money, including money awarded against me in a civil lawsuit. But apparently that's not it's not having that effect. The the bankruptcy was not uh, did not stay at least this. This remaining portion of the suit against uh, Alex Jones and InfoWars.
3: Yeah, this is um, a a fundamental concept in the law is that that you can't do stuff uh, if it's based on a fraud, if you're using uh, a legitimate tool of the 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 legal system, whether it's your, bankruptcy or attorney-client yeah, privilege, right? Exactly. Um, you can't uh, cover up a murder using attorney-client privilege or whatever. Um, you, uh, afterwards, of course, people can can discuss what ha- had happened in the past, but you can't, moving forward, use it use a concept like privilege to perpetuate further fraud. Um, this is, is a similar sort of situation when somebody files a bankruptcy action; they cannot simply be doing so in expectation uh, of. A, an upcoming massive uh, loss in uh, court that they will be able to hopefully shield themselves from through having already declared bankruptcy. The way bankruptcy works is you have uh, you have an a, a expect, expected, you know, losses uh, coming in. You have money that you owe people. The court takes stock of everything and negotiates out who gets paid from the remaining monies or what, the existing monies in what order and in what amounts in you know whatever ways that they deem fair, and that process is meant in part to protect the uh, person who is declaring bankruptcy. It's also in, meant in part to make sure that the, the the creditors, the people who are getting money, are getting money in the amounts that they are due, or as best as that as as that, as that can be done by the court. Um, and so it really is for the benefit of both parties. But if you go into bankruptcy court and you try to Declare bankruptcy to get ahead of this sort of uh, gigantic lawsuit, which is going to totally and completely subsume uh, any and all uh, assets that, that Jones has and any you know prior creditors that he has. Uh, if he goes in and tries to use this to portray that you know, somehow he's bankrupt from before uh, this happened and thus you should discharge uh, this and it should be greatly reduced in bankruptcy, and he's trying to get in under the wire or to enact a stay—a stay of uh, legislation or litigation. As you pointed out, you can pause the ongoing litigation. It's just a pause while the bankruptcy is, is decided, but it, it, it can happen. Theoretically, it might pre- prevent uh, an expensive lawsuit from going forward if a plaintiff decides, oh, well, now that the bankruptcy has gone forward and we know how much money he he has and who's going to be getting what amounts of it, uh, it's not worth it for us to go yeah. to trial anymore, right? Well, but that's not what's happening. Alex Jones is trying to abuse the system. Alex Jones is trying to stall and buy himself time frantically uh, because he doesn't have any other moves left. And it appears that the court has seen through that. Yep. I'm happy about that
2: All right. Now we get to the uh, the meaty topics, the two big topics, uh, capital punishment for dogs and also when is it a crime to do nothing. Uh, so let's start with the dogs. Yeah. Um, Richard Rosenthal. Connor is a dog lawyer. He was featured, I think, in a New York Times profile lately. When a dog is threatened with euthanasia, Richard goes to work uh, in a, R- a Rhode Island uh, park. A greyhound named Lexus was accused of killing a Pomeranian. They're in the dog park. Um, The prosecution wanted the death penalty and Rosenthal said, no, not on my watch. For a decade, Connor, he's taken on custody cases. He's sued vet clinics for malpractice. He's defended dangerous dogs going up against animal control officers and district attorneys. And in 2009, he launched the Lexus Project, giving legal representation to dogs ordered to be put down. His very first case was a husky named Luna, accused of killing chickens. So word has gotten around, and he's a busy guy. Uh, So this is kind of advancing our story of uh, a few weeks ago. Animal rights activist, you remember, tried to get Happy the Elephant freed from the Bronx Zoo. The idea being uh, elephants and and, uh, chimpanzees, they have the exact same rights To freedom, habeas corpus, as human beings, let Happy go. Now, my attitude is Happy right now is happy because he's getting three hots and a cot. Sure. He's getting three square meals of whatever elephants, you know, 800 pounds a day, I think. They release him into the wilds, some rogue elephant's probably gonna stomp him and kill him. But you know, that's just me. Well, they should release him in Maine where there are no dangerous elephants. Yeah, where Happy can stomp the main <laughs> mainers or <laughs> what do they call? Rudolph. They call Michiganders uh the folks of Michigan. What yeah. do they call Maine folks? I think it's mainers. Ma- a, Mainlanders. It should be yeah, mainers. Maybe. Landers. Could be. So the question is, is really is there some traction here? Are we gonna see A determination. Maybe we won't let all the happy uh, the elephants of the world out. But are we going to have a determination that no, we're not going to have capital punishment
3: for canines? No, I I don't think there's any chance that this lawyer uh, is successful. Although you might, uh, you know, well uh, argue that he uh, that he should be successful in in stopping the blanket rule uh, that that dogs are. I mean, obviously, I see. Capital punishment for dogs as a very different concept than capital punishment for people, um, because I place dogs and so your compassion challenged. Exactly what you're saying, but I place people and and dogs on a very different moral plane, um, and as a result, uh, I I see them. uh, I see the downside of a. A wrongful execution of a dog, for example, when it turned out he he just lightly mauled the Pomeranian. He didn't actually kill it, um, uh, and then it died of natural causes an hour later. <laughs> Tragic, you know that that happened, and then he gets executed. Maybe it
2: was suicide. Maybe the Pomeranian did away with himself. suicide
3: by dog. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very. It's very likely. Um, but I mean, it's just such a, a less like there's less gravitas here to to this, a less less importance to this, and more practical reality uh, of um, you know. They're, they're very smart cows that I eat steaks. You have to draw lines um, where you say that certain entities have certain rights and, and others don't. And those can change and they should change. I think that our animal rights scheme is currently horrific. And we currently have terrible conditions for the animals that we control the lives of completely. And when you control the lives of animals completely, uh, they deserve extra special protection. We, When there are birds flying around getting eaten by eagles, we don't say, oh, my God, it's our obligation to go protect them. No, but when we... Domesticate dogs, and we train them, and we raise them, and we neuter them, and we do uh, feed them, and we ha- clo- house them. We don't clothe them usually. Sometimes we're, we clothe them. Weirdos, cute little sweaters. Yeah, um, no, that that can be very cute. Um, <laughs> but but when we take responsibility for them suddenly, uh, then yes, they, they do have extra rights in a sense that different than the rights of a wild dog, uh, you know, on the Savannah uh, running around uh, fighting hyenas or whatever they do. Um, they're, they're different because the, a, a right is an expression of an obligation that others have towards you. We have an obligation to protect uh, these animals. And if you have an animal that you deserve, you've decided is probably deserves death. Uh, I would argue that I'm on the side of the dog lawyer in, in part because I believe that probably humans did that to that dog. That dog probably wasn't supposed to be there in that scenario. That dog probably wasn't well-trained. That, probably, that dog might have been hungry or, or scared or sick or something. Yeah, we but, did but that. But if,
2: because of bad training, he's going to end up killing 10 people, we'd better you know, put him down before well, and that. And
3: that. that is the other side of the coin, of course. <laughs> the, that the practicality of the situation is uh, the, the downside being uh, a lot smaller. Um, sometimes uh, animals do need to be put to death for public safety reasons.
0: All right, when we come back,
2: when is it a crime?
1: This is a message for anyone with high LDL-C or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.
2: To do nothing,
1: stick with us.
3: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And before we get into our last topic, I I want to jump in and and remind the loyal listeners that if you haven't subscribed already to the pod, you should go to whatever podcast platform you prefer. That's probably Apple Podcasts. And click the little like or join or subscribe button. Um, And uh, it's totally free. And you can leave us a rating and a comment while you're there. Maybe Royal will read your comments on the air, uh, as he did this morning with some anonymous Mississippian and St. Louisians uh, and their opinions about the last episode. Uh, by the way, uh, if, there, if the, the commenter who wrote that comment from Mississippi is out there, uh, I will find you and I will fight you. <laughs> All right. So when is it a crime
2: to do nothing? And of course, the issue is inspired by the fact that a lot of people think that Donald Trump did nothing for several hours. In the afternoon of January 6th, he really should have done something. And so uh, who knows what's going to happen in terms of possible indictment and possible third impeachment. Some people are talking about that. But let's talk uh, initially just about the idea in general. Uh, Let me give you a little hypothetical question. A hundred year old person is lying in uh, the gutter. Who knows how he or she got there lying in half inch, quarter inch of gutter water and they're about to drown. You wander by and you've got an ice cream cone going and you look down at this hundred year old person and you just chuckle a little because that's how you roll and you just keep walking. Uh, Did you have a duty to help that person? Are you liable? If you try to help, but you screw up. Now, there were some interesting stories about uh, sort of a cultural phenomenon in China. In China, it, folks do not help. People on the street who are lying there uh, gasping, uh, having some sort of a seizure, you have nothing to do with them. Because if you do, you know, based on the, the cultural awareness, that the government will arrest you for causing it. And so nobody helps anybody. Now, here in America, the Good Samaritan immunity sometimes accompanies a requirement to act. A good Samaritan immunity says, hey, if you make reasonable efforts to try to help somebody, then you may not be sued if things go sideways. But, you know, what if you have a special duty, like a cop whose job it is to run toward the danger? Is a president obligated to take the reasonable steps to save lives that that were available to Donald Trump? If he fails to fulfill that duty, is that a crime? Is it a source of liability? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how people are going to re- react to this. I mean, it's becoming pretty clear from the January 6th hearings that Donald Trump was sitting there in the private dining room off of the Oval Office for about three hours, ignoring the pleas from his daughter, from Sean Hannity, from, from, from staff members. You got to do something. This is what you have to do right now. But does he, I mean, you know, if somebody can walk by the 100-year-old person drowning in the gutter, uh, does Donald Trump really have a legal duty to have done something?
3: Yeah, I mean, I... I I think that uh, being the president changes your legal duties in some way, right? Uh, for example, if you're a social worker, you have a duty to disclose certain information that you learn in the course of your job. Um, and that is a legal duty and it's binding and it would be a crime for you not to do it. They call it being a mandatory reporter. Um, you have to report certain things. You have to take certain actions um, because by virtue of your job and the extra special responsibilities that you have uh, Donald Trump is not a bystander. He's not walking down the street with an ice cream cone. Uh, This is, of course, setting aside the issue that we'll get back to in just a minute, that Donald Trump literally orchestrated and lit the match on this, the fuse of this coup. Not just like generally out there like, oh man, it'd be really great if someone covered this troublesome priest. No. He said, march down to the Capitol. Well, I'll be there. We're all going to go in there and we're going to make sure that these... It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. The, 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 the election's not ratified and Mike Pence is going to do his part and I'm going to seize power and I'm going to become a god emperor. Not that last part, but everyone knew what he was saying, which is, this is a coup and I'm enacting it. Then... It didn't work because he didn't have enough followers, and Mike Pence was running for too busy running for his life to take part in this coup, and there were too many well, people— Well, give him credit. He him refused
2: credit. to do what Trump he, wanted him he to could do, have got, even though true. Trump
3: dropped the P word. The, the, the P word, Pence. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. No, yeah. Not Pence. No. It's a different five-letter P word. But remember, look. No. If you you do the right thing, you'll be a patriot. If you don't do the right thing, you'll be a blank.
3: Oh, oh, there oh. There you oh. go. Yes, of course, of course. Yes. Yeah. See you next so, Tuesday. Right. Yeah. There we are. Um, so the uh, that's callback to la- last uh, for for astute listeners to to last episode. Um, so yeah, it, Trump was the active creator, participant, originator of this coup effort, and so why even talk about bystander liability? But absent that. If we get back to the the legal concept, um, his job as the president doesn't have a job description, right? He's not a social worker. We don't need, we need job descriptions for social workers so that they can you know be held accountable for the crime of not doing the mandatory reporting. But we think because there's only one president and he's kind of in the spotlight, that the public will keep him accountable and will impeach him or not reelect him if we don't. And so we don't have a job description where we say you have to attend a lot of ribbon cuttings as the president and you've got to. Uh, kiss 12 babies and you've got to uh, sign 11 bills a year or there's no job. description. There is a theory
2: theory and there is kind of a job description. Let me lay it on you. A lot of people are calling what Trump did a dereliction of duty. Uh, They're usually not making a legal case as much as they're coming to a moral conclusion. But here's the legal basis in our Constitution. Article two, section three says the president shall, quote, take care that the laws be faithfully executed rioters were breaking the laws. Now, you could say that's a bit of a leap, uh, but it's possibly a basis for indicting Donald Trump. Now, there are more specific laws about duties to act. A few states, Ohio, Texas, Virginia, have a crime called dereliction or neglect of duty. There's a federal crime uh, for a soldier to be derelict in the performance of duties, like you refuse to charge up a hill when the colonel says charge up the hill. But the president isn't in the military, even though he's commander in chief. And so there's no federal dereliction of duty statute other than the military one. So maybe yeah. it wouldn't be a basis for indictment. But the bottom line is, I think, you know, the destruction of Trump, I don't think is going to be by a criminal case for doing nothing. I think it's going to be a political awakening of the great middle of the U.S. public, just like Joe McCarthy was turned on by the American public after the televised hearing showed showed him to be a demagogue. I think that's gradually what's happening to Trump. And some public opinion polls are showing that uh, even Republicans are starting to turn against him. DeSantis is doing really well. Uh, So they may not indict him. And we've talked in past weeks about how very likely the Democrats are not going to want to indict him because it'll turn him into a martyr. And it'll cause a lot of people in the political middle to say, well, maybe
3: you're you're uh, overreaching. We may have a political awakening and, and God, I hope we, we do. Uh, I will say that the most recent signs of that actually might be that similarly to Trump's you know, mask slipping and people losing confidence in him, uh, that the Republican effort to overturn Roe v. Wade, that is their success in overturning Roe v. Wade, may be backfiring on them um, uh, p- politically, uh, the Republican primary in Kansas included, uh, happened this week, uh, included a, uh, an, um, uh, an amendment, a proposed amendment to the, uh, the, the Kansas constitution that would, um, uh, on abortion, basically it was in a roundabout way, but it's basically a, a referendum on abortion. And after Roe v. Wade was overturned, 70% of the, um, Uh, registered voters who became registered after that date uh, have been women. And in this Republican primary in ruby red Kansas, uh, the amendment to the state constitution uh, that would have stopped abortions um, lost by double digits. And there were 20 percent more votes on that amendment. So that uh, could be a bellwether. 20 percent more votes on that amendment than for the two Republican contenders in the primary combined. That means an incredible amount of people registered to vote, showed up to vote, said, I don't give a crap who the governor is, but I'm voting for abortion. So they voted even
2: though people didn't send them uh, ballots to their Barca Lounge. Yeah. Exactly, despite that. So, I mean, that's a shock Yeah, that shocking That is outcome. interesting. Now, 20% you
3: more than the combined both candidates.
2: Yeah. Now, you mentioned Ruby Red, Kansas. Ruby Did red. you just come up with that Extra. I've never heard the phrase Ruby Red While, to refer to a Republican state. Is yeah. that? Is that you, you, I, don't I know. have a feeling there's something Freudian going on here. You know what Uh-oh. it is? The slippers?
3: Uh, Ruby slippers? Exactly right.
2: Dorothy was from Kansas and she there had it Ruby sli- That's where you got it. I, I had no idea. It's yeah, in the back that's of my head. really interesting. All right, guess what? It's time for Guess the Verdict, America's favorite game show. And I'd my go.
3: favorite part of the show.
2: Yeah, I give Connor the uh, facts of a real life case and he guesses the outcome. And uh, let's just see how he does. Are you ready for this one? You got it. Okay, Great. let's do it. So um, there's a gentleman by the name of Norman Mayo of uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, He is a. I know Norman uh, Mailer, but I don't know Norman Mayo. Mayo, M A Y O, is in Mayo Clinic or Virginia Mm, Mayo? Delicious Mayo. You know Virginia Mayo, right? No. All right, so he's a self proclaimed milk addict, Connor. He has filed a lawsuit claiming milk is why he suffered a stroke. Oh, he's sixty-one years old. He claims in a federal suit he's been hooked on milk since childhood. I wonder who got him hooked on the milk. Right? Now. <laughs> he claims the fat in milk contributed to the clogging of his arteries. Okay. He thinks that's why he suffered a stroke three years ago, and he has sued Safeway and the dairy farmers of Washington State. Sure. Right, Connor, you get to guess the outcome of this lawsuit. Mm. Who do you think won? I uh, think America likes Mr. dairy farmers Leo or Safeway.
3: I, I think uh, Mr. Uh, a Mister a bit a. a, a Big Dairy is a pretty powerful lobby. Uh, uh, look, we all eat and drink things that are bad for us all the time. It, it, there, this is a very uh, difficult issue um, where we start – where if we start holding people accountable, uh, companies accountable for the harm that their products cause, courts will say – well, that's just a slippery slope to everything. Right. I took a law school final exam in my torts class. Torts is the law of strangers, which would include people who engage in you know, commerce with one another and, and uh, includes products liability within torts. Um, and my, my torts final, my first year of law school, uh, was uh, about holding uh, car companies liable for producing cars that are capable of being driven by drunk people. What hmm. if you had a, a breathalyzer built into the dashboard? You'd yeah. save you know, thousands of lives a year, hundreds of lives a year, whatever the amount is. And by choosing not to uh, pay the expense of putting a, a breathalyzer in your car... And the you know the economic cost of people not buying your car because they didn't want that in the, that feature in their car, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just a cost, just like the cost of the breathalyzer being built into the car. By choosing not to pay that cost, you are choosing to kill people. And boom, that's liability, that's product liability. Just how if you don't have a safety handguard on your chainsaw, you're choosing to cut people's arms off. Well, and if this you, guy if is you right,
2: built, if you built a car out of oatmeal, then you know you just go <laughs> squish, and, and your head wouldn't go through the windshield. Boom! Safety, but that's Look, not reasonable. It's not
3: reasonable. Exactly. You at a certain point, if you put too many safety guards on the chainsaw, it's unusable. If you put too many safety precautions and and uh, products in your car, no one will buy it. Right? And if you produce food and drink like milk that doesn't have any fat in it, and you think that will be healthier, actually, uh, non-fat milk is not as good for you because the fat slows down the digestion of the milk so sugars if his mom and protects were your blood skinnier,
2: sugar. Maybe he wouldn't be
3: like yeah. this. Or no? no product is uh, without harm uh nobody's going up against big milk uh and (laughs) this guy goes down in flames all right you're right yes you
2: got it right victory at last so uh connor next episode Mm -hmm. it's going to be a very special blossom
3: well very special like a nancy reagan very special episode
2: i didn't mean blossom i meant very special too many lawyers oh okay it's going to be all Guess the Verdict all the time. Oh, my God. The entire episode next week is going to be nothing but Guess I got, the Verdict. I got
3: to do like a Rocky montage where I run up a bunch of stairs to a courthouse, you know, like I just get, Why to not? get in the zone. Now,
2: here's a trivia question for you. Um, the phrase uh, all Guess the Verdict all the time. That, yeah, comes, yeah, yeah. that comes from all news all, all the, time. the time. You sure. give us 22 minutes. We'll give you we'll give the world. You the world. Who made that famous? Oh, gosh. What? What news anchor anchor made that famous? Katie Couric. No, no. (laughs) Uh, his name was John Swaney. Oh, okay. Nice. John Sweeney, uh spent basically the 70s at KFWB All News Radio in Los Angeles. And then he went to law school and he was a, a lawyer with uh, Tom Girardi's law firm for several years. Oh, And then he went back to radio uh, sad Good into move, the probably. story. Oh, no. The, the guy was brilliant. He was just amazingly smart and he had an incredible voice. That's why they picked him to yeah. do, you know, you give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. And he was an amazing... A news anchor and reporter, unfortunately, he had a problem with weight to the point where he got to 800 pounds oh, and he passed. And they literally had to cut he opened the house because there's no way yeah. they could get him through any door so it was a sad ending to the story but his what light, a career. Sh- light shone
3: brightly I'm sure for he many had many years nothing to do with all the shady Tom Girardi stuff happening.
2: I don't think so don't I think, think that so. was long before any kind of issues That's along good. those That's lines good. so anyway yeah hope you would join us for next week's very special Too Many Lawyers all guess the verdict all the time we'll see what Connor's batting average is next week. See you then
1: This is a message for anyone with high LDL-C or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDL-C. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.